That one driven deep right field. Thank you, go. Gone for Morgan Chris. And Vincent Chamberlain. That ball. Going to the wall. Chamberlain the second for this first hit. Mounted second, going to third. With his first hit of the season. So, and the pitch. That one swung deep to left. And that one's gone! Savvy Seaman with a three-run shot. And the Warhawks take the lead. Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of Podcast on D-Shot. I thought I would try to do some baseball, softball type podcast um, where maybe I'll call the first one the first inning. Um, so I have some uh, baseball, softball coaches, maybe from from around the area. Um, gonna have Obviously going to have Ryan McGinnis at some point, Chad Mix from Kimberly, um, Brenda Volk from Whitewater, you got Healy from the Badgers. Um, on some other ones, maybe Sean Wagner with him being the new coach at, at UW Milwaukee. So the first first thing of this is going to be with the head coach at my high school alma mater, um, in Kenosha Tremper and the athletic director over there, and that's John Matera. Um, thanks, Coach Matera, for joining me. Hey, Dan, glad to be here. All right. So my first question to you is, how did you get into coaching? Well, uh, when I was in high school, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I, I thought about um, law enforcement. I thought about going into media, um, writing for a newspaper, for instance. I had a lot of different thoughts. And my uncle uh, was actually my high school principal, said, hey, I think you're pretty good with kids. You might want to try uh, being a teacher. So uh, I really had a passion for baseball. So ironically, uh, there was a local uh, youth organization called the CYC that had a youth baseball program in the summer. And they were looking for coaches. They actually called my high school coach and they wanted to know if they had, if we had any students that might be willing to help coach in the summer. So I took a 11 year old team uh, for that first summer, which would have been the summer before my sophomore and junior, sophomore and junior year in high school. Uh, so we're t- talking about probably the 86 summer of 87, I guess it would be. Okay. Um, so it was, it was kind of cool. Um, I learned a lot about coaching that year and just managing personalities and and uh it was it was great. I was probably the only coach in the state that had to join the league that played the games on Mondays and Wednesday mornings because I had driver ed on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I, I jumped into that, um, did that for a couple of years, um, kind of got my feet wet with some travel ball, which was a lot less large scale than it is now. Um, so after a couple of years of that, I made the transition to what's called the Babe Ruth Prep League that the Kenosha Western Kiwanis sponsors. That was really the first season that the kids were exposed to the larger diamond where there were 90 foot bases and the pitching distance was the, the full 60 foot and six inches. I know they've changed it to an extent since then, but that's what it was then for 13 year olds. They got thrown right into the fire from the little league size diamond into the bigger diamond. So I coached that, coached some some traveling teams uh, that coincided with that league. We were sponsored by the league. We, in essence, played some tournaments near the near the end of the summer and got involved with the, the Babe Ruth regionals and state tournament. And that was really cool. And um, like you, I went to UW-Whitewater. And I really didn't have any desire to play at Whitewater. And I don't think I even had the skill to do it either. 
Uh, but someone at Whitewater who really got me involved in, in coaching and really taking that next step was a guy by the name of Jim Miller, uh, who for many My years... My commencement speaker. Is, oh, was he? Okay. Yes, he was the commencement speaker. I think I'm, I did my coaching field study with Vo that last semester or two, so I kind of got to know him. And then obviously, I don't know if you remember Tommy. Sure, I remember Tommy Lang. Uh, okay. Sure, sure. I didn't know Tommy well, but... Um, I was just, I was a freshman or a, maybe a sophomore at Whitewater, and I, I just wanted to get more involved with with coaching. So I know that Mills was the chair of the of the coaching department. So I went to see him one day because I was taking a coaching minor, and I said, hey, how can I get more involved with, with coaching baseball? I really want to coach at the high school level. And he said, well, one of the best things you can do is go to this baseball coaching clinic that they have in uh, February. And at that time it was in downtown Milwaukee. He said it's called the WBCA, which is uh, short for the Wisconsin Baseball Coaches Association. So I made my arrangements and you know, months in advance. And here I, you know, without knowing anybody else that's going to be there, I jumped in my uh, Plymouth Horizon and uh, drove to uh, downtown Milwaukee and went to my first ever WBCA uh, coaching clinic. And I thought it was it was really cool. I think the the lead speaker was a guy who used to be the head coach at Oklahoma State by the name of Gary Ward. He was kind of a legend in college baseball. And I was in awe at the the level of instruction that was there. And not only that, but the the what I consider to be big names of high school baseball coaching that were were there. So like anyone who's you know 2021, I did the best I could to keep my ears open and my mouth shut and just kind of listen and soak everything in. So I went to that for two, three years. And eventually, um, I would run into my high school coach there, uh, Lee Halefka. And at one point, Lee said, Hey, when are you gonna uh, come coach with me? And I said, I'd love to coach with you. And he said, it would just be a volunteer position. So really, my last year at Whitewater, uh, what I was doing is leaving class um, after my last class every day and driving back to Kenosha. And we had practice. And then once practice was done, I would jump back in the car and go back to Whitewater and, and do it all over the next day. And I loved it. Unfortunately, I only had to do that for one season. And then the rest is history. Uh, the following year, I was a, a student teacher in Kenosha and just kept on coaching with, with Tremper. So it, it's, been, uh, it's been a long time. But that, that's that's really how it started. It, it just started by me just getting into coaching and just kind of knowing great people and, and moving through the, the different levels. And it's I've had a lot of help along the way. And it's been a it's been a blessing. Um, you talk about kind of that WBCA thing, but who have been kind of some of the the mentors that you've had in coaching? You talk about your high school coach. You talk about um, Mills. Um, just kind of talk about who's been kind of your mentors um, in the coaching profession. Certainly, I think my Mount Rushmore of coaching has to be uh, my high school coach, Lee Halefka, um, and also my high school JV coach, Ernie Virgili. Uh, coach Virgili was actually the head coach at Trumper for a few years prior to stepping down and eventually rejoining as the JV coach. So those were really the two guys that helped me develop a love for high school baseball and really see myself doing that job um, into the future. And then as I got more and more into it, I got to know some of the, the coaches in the area here in the southeast part of the state, but also statewide in the WBCA. Um, there's some names that you, you will probably know, people like uh, Marty Paulson, uh, Ron Kading, Tom Wilson, uh, Mark Fuller, uh, 
Joe Waite, um, just to name a, a few that really have been in the leadership of the WBCA since its inception, or thereabouts, of a fellow by the name of Tom O'Connell, who for many years was the uh, head coach at Milwaukee Pulaski. That's where he was when I was in high school. And then he later went on to have a really successful coaching career out at Burlington Catholic Central. And um, the leadership of the WBCA has been so consistent and it's such an outstanding organization. And there have been other uh, great leaders in it. Uh, people like Bob Galetta, uh, Scott Holler from Oak Creek. Uh, you mentioned Ryan McGinnis, a good friend of mine also. Uh, Scott Stoudy from, from Burlington. Uh, Chad Montez from Waukesha West. Uh, Tony Gerhars from Oshkosh West, uh, the list goes on. And, and I just really have gained a lot from each of these coaches. It's, it's so um, satisfying to have a conversation with them because they're experiencing the same type of situations I'm in. Everyone's situation is a little bit different, but you can really identify with them. And then you take that, that professional relationship a step further and then they become friends and you, you have that relationship uh, off the field where you can kind of connect on how each other's families are doing. And it's just, it, it's a, it's a great um, professional organization where you develop a lot of, of friends along the way. And I've been in it for so long and some of the best people I know are baseball people and I really wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, You kind of were kind of, sort of answered one of my questions I was going to ask you like who are your favorite coaches around the state because obviously you got Ryan over at Kimberly you got Scott Stoudy at Burlington you got Feather over at at Jefferson um just like who are some of your favorite coaches around the state well I think um I, I've known Scott Stoudy for so for so long in fact my first game as a varsity head coach was against Burlington and uh, I've talked so much over the years to uh, to Ryan McGinnis. Uh, I remember uh, phone calls that would go on two, three hours, just kind of comparing notes on what they do versus what what we do, and and really um, help me refine my philosophy. Um, Oak Creek was playing summer ball for the longest time, so I really didn't know Scott Holler all that well until he became an athletic director, and I got to know him uh, through that side of things. Uh, but now since they've been back into spring ball I've gotten to know Scott more on the baseball field so th those three guys are, are really um, outstanding people who I have such a great relationship with and then of course um, the WBCA board they, they've just been great and even though um, we're so spread out around the state whenever we get together whether it be at the state tournament or the, the yearly coaches clinic that's in February or the all-star classic or the fall um, area meetings it it's great catching up and really just trying to just get input on any questions you might have so it's it's been such an outstanding experience not only in the southeast part of the state but just statewide because really anywhere you go you can think of a city name and the first thing that comes to mind is oh yeah we're in a, we're in Seymour for years Tom Wilson was the coach here or out in the western part of the state near Platteville you've got Potosi and Ron Kading was there for so many years uh, Marty Paulson uh, coached 50 some years as the head coach at, at Fond du Lac. Uh, so I really associate a lot of city names with the, the, the gentlemen who've been the coaches. Okay. Do you know uh, Dean Bierlin or Eric Beard at all? Dean Bierlin was the little shoot coach and then uh, Beard's over at Wrightstown. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know them as well as the others, okay. but they're great guys. Uh, Dean and Eric really have done a lot for baseball. Uh, Dean's really taken on a leadership role in our coaches association. He's organizing our, our yearly golf outing, doing a great job with it. And I know Eric is is the leaders of one of uh, the, the four um, regions for the All-Star Classic and does a great job uh, picking his team and getting everything organized for our annual All-Star Classic that recognizes 72 seniors across the state um, with the All-Star Classic games in Oshkosh every June. So yeah, I've gotten to know those guys a little bit. Um, just just great, great people. Any good Ryan McGinnis stories? <laughs> a lot of good Ryan McGinnis stories. Um, I bet I bet you guys had some good conversations with me taking the job up here. Um, you know, we, we had so many good conversations over the years, and Ryan is is such a a, a great guy, and he, he's a great baseball coach, but he's he's even a better person, and and it's just so cool to to catch up with him and and hear about how his kids are doing, and and um, the guy can hit a can hit a fungo like, uh, like nothing I've ever seen. He's, he's really top notch with, with that, but he, he's just, uh, been such a, a, a strong influence on me and, and he's become a great friend. Um, wish I could see him more, but the, the distance is, is tough of course, but uh, it's great always getting together and catching up. Yeah. It's been kind of cool to cover on the programs that I cover now with obviously, uh, how good some of the Kimberly sports are. Kakana has a softball program that has, um, you know about this. They have a, an 81 game win streak and they're 16th in the country. I didn't know about the 16th in the country, but I didn't know they had a, a, a huge winning streak and they're, uh, they've become such a dominant force in, in softball. Yeah. They're, they're a pitcher um, through five no hitters during the regular season and four of them were in a two week span last season which was not oh, that's unreal that's yeah. unreal um we, you were talking about whitewater so i'm just curious like how how do you how do you how have you seen like whitewater change since when you were in school oh it's changed so much and and now our daughter is going to be starting there next week we were just out there last week getting her her moved in uh but we went back there last fall just for the the visit day and i was just amazed at how much it had changed um i loved whitewater and i was there um, the facilities have improved tenfold since then. That new business building is amazing. Uh, the athletic facilities have been have been upgraded all along, and those are just incredible. Uh, between the uh, the baseball facility, softball facility, um, the improvements they've made on that football stadium, uh, the tennis courts, the whole athletic building, uh, it's it's been great. I think it's it's done well for Whitewater to attract. Um, athletes there but i i also think that just the general student who's not an athlete wants to go because there are so many options for recreation there and that's a big part of the of the college experience so whitewater was smart they they did a great job with their facilities and i'm really excited about our daughter starting up there in a week um talk about actually when you're at whitewater how much did you how much like did you know bo during that time obviously pat miller had to be be going going there and leading them towards uh, a championship as a player probably during that time um and then I guess I don't know how much Lance was still there just how, how much did you know those guys when you're at Whitewater as a student not at all uh, not at all surprisingly uh, Bo's a little bit older than me uh, so we really never crossed uh, paths I, I was into uh, business education so I was taking a lot of uh, business courses 
in the old Carlson building before they put the new business building in. But I was also taking education courses that were in large part over, I believe, in, in Winther Hall. Uh, so even though there were only about, I think, nine or 10,000 students there at the time, we really didn't cross paths. Again, I didn't even try to play baseball at Whitewater. So I was kind of removed from that, that side of things, um, even though I had a passion for baseball. Uh, so no, we didn't, we didn't really cross paths. We still talk about that a little bit, how it's such a small world. But uh, during that time in our lives, it was a pretty big world because we didn't really um, have any interaction. It wasn't right. until after I graduated that I met those guys. Okay. Um, was being an athletic director always something that you wanted to do? Because I know you were a business teacher when I was in high school. You taught, I say I took like what a, your keyboarding class. Um, you were a business teacher and the baseball coach. How much, what kind of went into how you kind of ended up being the athletic director? I know John Wilhelmson was the AD before you. I don't remember what the circumstances were. I, I, I suspect it had to do with the Jorrell Long Street thing, but just, how did how did kind of was being an athletic director always something on your radar or did it just kind of come about when that circ those circumstances happened? Well, first off, you were great in that keyboarding class, by the way. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. You, you were you were great. Um, secondly, actually, no, it's not something that I I had set my sights on um, on the long term. It it was really an opportunity that that came um, one fall. And it was presented to me by the principal. I really had no idea um, that we were going to be in need of an athletic director. And actually, um, Coach Wilhelmson was the, the boys basketball coach um, at Tremper when I became athletic director. But the previous athletic director was uh, Joe Fanning. Uh, oh, so, okay. So, so Joe was was in here um, bef before I uh, came in. So, okay. so, so he, he was, yeah, I think I had him for advisory one my last years at Tremper. Could be. So so Joe was uh, athletic director and he wanted to step out of it and get back into the classroom. Um, so an opportunity was going to present itself uh, starting second semester and whatever year I took over, which I, I think was maybe. So um, Will Hobson was not the AD then. I don't believe he was ever athletic director. OK, maybe I thought that and then maybe because of the basketball thing and. OK, that makes sense. So yeah, I, I've been doing it about 15 years now. Um, it wasn't really something I had my sights set on. I think it's something I probably would have um, would have eventually liked to do. Um, it just, the opportunity came up um, pretty early and, and all at once. And I had to take a couple of days to think about it. And then I just jumped in at both feet. And I think the good thing is I had about two months or so to um, prepare myself for it and kind of start uh, meeting up with coaches and finding out what the immediate priorities were before I jumped in here, uh, probably about the end of January, um, back in, I think it was 2009 or thereabouts. Uh, so it, I've learned a lot during that time. I, I really do enjoy it. Um, it, it. There's some different challenges with it uh, that you don't find as a, as a, a classroom teacher. There's a different set of challenges with being a classroom teacher. Um, but yeah, I've I've really uh, enjoyed it, and it's it's been uh, it's been life changing for me. What are you said about challenges? What are the challenges of being an athletic director, and then how much have you kind of learned in that role? I think the challenges are just trying to stay as current as you can and and streamline your processes. And it's it's a it's like anything you just want want to constantly grow with it. And now the the rate at which technology changes 
really um, influences what you're doing as an athletic director. Uh, there's a ton of communication involved with it. And I, when I say there's a ton of communication, I think I'm, I'm really underselling how much communication there is with it. Communication with uh, coaches, uh, parents, other schools, officials, media, uh, the kids. Uh, there's, there are a lot of different stakeholders involved. And it's really important to communicate with all of them. So I've, I've really improved my communication skills over the years, I, I hope. And it was very eye-opening at first to realize the scope of things that had to be covered. And I think one of the things I like about it is, is the day-to-day -day challenge of it. It's never the same thing two days in a row. Uh, you come in every day and you have your list of things that you want to work on. And by 7.30, that list might be on the back burner because something happened that you need to give immediate attention to. So it's 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 a challenge and I, I like a challenge, but it's kind of like a puzzle because there's a lot of different parts that seem maybe unrelated, but when you put them all together, it it all feeds into the, the same end goal, which is giving the, these kids the, the best programs we can give them and the best experience that they can have. How different is it being like an athletic director where obviously you're going to know like a, a lot of, like maybe a lot of the student athletes that you have at the school as opposed to maybe when you're a teacher and you're the baseball coach and you only deal with maybe the kids in your baseball program? Well, I, I think the I think the kid part of it is a, a little bit different because um, you really have that one-on-one -on -one, uh, relationship with the kids as a teacher in your classroom, and you have that as a coach. And as an athletic director, you have that to a degree, but for instance, right now, we've got a little over 300 kids playing a fall sport. So what I found is that my communication and relationships are in a large part with their coaches, uh, the head coaches and the assistant coaches. Um, so I, I've had more uh, communication with those coaches. And my role is to support those coaches and assist them to provide the kids in their sport the best experience possible. For instance, we've got a new girls volleyball coach this fall. And but the last thing anybody would want is me jumping in there and trying to teach kids volleyball. Um, we, we would take many, many steps back. But my role is, for instance, to, to help her transition into being a, a head coach at this level and and trying to grow that program and, and just kind of ease things along. Uh, to make the season smooth for the coaches and smooth for the kids and parents. And a lot of that stems from just trying to communicate and, and be as, as organized as we can. And that's what, what I look at the, the role of our office here in athletics being is, is something to make things easier for the coaches. Um, and then we also still have to uh, maintain the, the integrity of the eligibility piece as well. And that's a, a major responsibility of any athletic office. Um, and there are things about maybe some of the other sports outside of baseball or softball at Tremper that maybe you didn't know about those sports going into um, being an athletic director that you know now. Absolutely, 100%. Uh, the, one of the things I've learned is that every single group of coaches and athletes are incredibly passionate about their sport. And there's things about the sport that I still don't understand relative to the rules of that game or just some of the, the traditions or, or customs that they have in that sport. Uh, the, 
the strategy of that sport, obviously. And I can't be an expert on every single sport, uh, but I've learned a lot about eligibility rules for each sport. And I've learned a lot about strategy of, of each sport. And it's, it's interesting watching the games and the meets and, and talking with the coaches. And sometimes they give me the inside scoop about, okay, yeah, we were trying to do this because uh, this team really does this. So it's just to kind of gain an appreciation how it's kind of a chess match where it's where it, you're trying to maximize your strengths um, and really exploit the other team's uh, weaknesses, just like in baseball, but every sport is different in that respect. And some sports are more individually based, uh, but also have a team component, like for instance, tennis, golf as two examples, and some sports are more similar to baseball, where it's more of a of a team sport um, with some individual performances, for instance, football and soccer and volleyball. So I, I've really gained an appreciation for every sport. Believe me, I, I understand some sports a lot better than others, um, but I've really gained an appreciation for every single sport and, and want to make it great for every kid. Um, we'll go to baseball now. Um, let's just start with kind of what's your coaching philosophy? What do you try to um... – like what what do you aim to kind of have within your program really our our program has been based uh, for a while now on three core values and that's having an elite attitude effort and energy and that's not really baseball specific that's something i really want all the kids and the coaches to have in every aspect of of life but we try to put that on the baseball field and and help help that or let that drive what the results are. As far as coaching philosophy, I believe in having a, a very cohesive team, uh, family-like atmosphere. And there's some things that we try to do communication-wise uh, to get the kids to know each other, but also to feel like they're part of something special and that they're part of something bigger than themselves. Uh, specifically for baseball philosophy, I think that any successful baseball team or program uh, it starts with having a solid defense and being able to fill up the zone and throw strikes. So pitching and defense, uh, that's no no secret. Uh, if you don't have those things, it's going to be really tough to consistently win. And then I think you have to maximize scoring opportunities. Um, it's a lot different game at the high school level and even the college level than it is at the pro level because that's so geared on home runs. We had to figure out a way to maximize run scoring because you don't see a ton of home runs at the high school level. All right. Um, I'm going to throw this in there because obviously there was the whole Northwestern thing over the summer. Um, how do you kind of try to keep like a positive environment, not only with baseball, but maybe across kind of all the sports at, at Tremper? I think you lay out expectations. You have district policy to rely on. Um, and you expect people to do things appropriately. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask about um, kind of because obviously with my job now um, during the summer, the one of the big things after like if after baseball and softball get done in the spring is um, the only thing that maybe I cover in the summer is the Legion ball circuit thing with, with Kimberly Kakana, the little shoot in Wrightstown. And sure. what you kind of see is, there, there's some kids that do the Legion ball thing, but then when you kind of look on those teams, you see some of the high school kids, and then you see maybe some kids that have graduated that still want to play. 
And then you see the whole travel ball circuit where guys like Brady Kester and Brendan Grams and Quade Thompson and um, Vanda High go and play on those tra- travel teams. What is that like now in Kenosha, or has that changed in Kenosha over the years? I think it's changed in a lot of places. Uh, travel ball is a lot bigger now than it was when I played. Um, summer baseball is, is a lot different than it was when I played. Uh, and I'll give you an example from even since I've been a head coach, um, probably back in about 2008, um, we saw a need to have some options for 16 and 17 U kids, primarily from our school, but but not exclusively from our school. Other schools were in the same boat. There just weren't the options. So long story short, we started a, uh, a travel team and we, in essence, played tournaments for about five or six weekends in the summer, played some midweek games, did some practices. So between mid-June and the end of July, I believe we got somewhere in the area of 25 to 30 games in. By the fifth year, there were so many teams that it was hard for us to field a full roster. So we really didn't even need to have the team. We did it for six years, but we didn't have it after that because there were so many options. And there are a number of different travel organizations around um, the Kenosha area right now, within Kenosha and in, in, in the the surrounding area, um, several of them. And uh, some of them um, do a lot more travel uh, than others. Some are more local, um, but really, I think they're led in. I think they're led by very well intentioned people who want to give the kids the best baseball experience that they can. But what you what you see as a result is kids are playing a lot more baseball and to take it a step further, they're playing a lot more baseball in the off season. There are a lot of uh, facilities um, that people are going to. Like GTS. I don't know if you've heard of that one out of Elkhorn by Michael Gonzalez and Morgan who played at Whitewater. I'm not familiar with that one, but, but I think, yeah, I think it's probably similar where uh, there are, uh, travel organizations that are either using local high schools. Some of them have you have rented out ours here on weekends where they are bringing the kids in um, indoor, uh, working on different things during the course of the of the winter months, uh, or they have their own facility that they they uh, either own or, or rent with batting cages, turf areas, pitching um, areas. So it's become a lot more uh, specialized. Um, I think kids are playing a lot more baseball than they were um, back when I first started coaching. I think it's really helped the game advance because the players are are better now, I feel. I, I think that the players have better knowledge of the game, um, and they definitely have a lot more reps and opportunities that maybe they didn't have back when I first – when it, definitely when I was playing, but probably when I was first started coaching. So in Kenosha, so you had the travel teams, but then what are what what's kind of the Legion side of things – over there i see was that what the kings were no uh the kings um the kings are an adult league okay uh, so it's in in the the majority of the kings players are are people in there i think 20s the 30s i think they have oh. even some guys in their 40s or 50s playing uh, i know that they've had a, a few kids who were recently graduated from high school but that has really been um, a, a kenosha tradition of uh, of adult baseball um but there have been some uh, local club teams and there have been some travel teams uh, in the Kenosha area. And so many that I, I probably couldn't uh, list all of them without sitting down and making a, 
making writing them out on a piece of paper. Um, but I think they've really contributed to the strength of Kenosha area baseball. As we kind of get into the, the baseball side of things, obviously, um, how cool is it to kind of have kind of more and more Wisconsin area baseball players? Um, maybe if it's just playing in the minor leagues or maybe we see, we've seen some at the major league level, um, obviously with Gavin Lux and Kalanick and AJ Vukovic and Justin Lobby, who you coached, um, getting those up or Dalton Varshow, Scott Schreiber, um, you could probably go on and on, um, that there's a representation from baseball players in the state of Wisconsin that are, um, playing at that level. Really cool. Really cool. Um, it, it speaks a lot about, um, the kids themselves, obviously, and, and their families and the, the impact that people have had on them. But I think it also speaks well for Wisconsin baseball and the experience that these kids are getting with their travel teams, their club teams, their high schools, uh, and then their college baseball experience. Um, it's really exploded Wisconsin onto the map as a, as a baseball state. Um, back in the day, you didn't see that to the degree that you see now with the, the number of players that are going on and playing um, at a high college level and a professional level. And it's just been great. It's been a celebration of Wisconsin baseball and so proud of uh, the kids and what they're, what they're doing. You get back to the minor league side of things. And obviously he does something with, uh, I think there's a lake lakefront dugout Academy um, run by Nate McCullis. Talk about how much kind of he's kind of given back. Obviously he was a Bradford kid, but still, um, talk about kind of the impact he has, he's had on kind of baseball in Kenosha. Nate has been uh, great to work with. Um, Nate does have the lakefront dugout uh, facility and, uh, Nate just this past, uh, summer started using our, our softball and our baseball fields for some practices and, and games, um, in order to give those kids some, some baseball experience. Uh, so I know he has a, an indoor facility, um, He's trying to keep it really organized and give the kids a, a great opportunity to learn the game and, and also play the game. So he has uh, started these teams. Um, so no, he he's definitely contributed to the quality of the landscape of Kenosha baseball. Um, trying to think if I want to ask about kind of how cool is it to kind of for for kids in your program to go see 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 a kid like Gavin Lux kind of be able to play at such a high level for the Dodgers. I think it's great. I think there are so many kids that have never even seen him in person, short of maybe an autograph signing or just seen him, you know, by chance in the in the Kenosha community. Uh, but they can identify with him because he was a Kenosha kid. He played on these fields. I remember when Gavin would come over here to our our baseball camp that we we did, and you could tell he was you know such a great player at an early age and he had advanced skills. But I think that it, it's great for kids to be able to see someone from Kenosha reach those kind of heights because it's possible it's uh he's he's definitely um an elite uh, talent and they don't come around often but i think it's it's great uh, to role model that uh, for kenosha kids that you can get to that level not to mention uh, he plays the game the right way and he he respects the game um and i think that even goes a lot further than what he's doing on the field it's it's how he's carrying himself that i think is uh is so crucial for kids to be able to see. So no, he's a, he's a great represent representative of Kenosha.
I forgot to ask this when it came to kind of talk about other coaches in the state, obviously, but um, talk about how cool it is, obviously, with ITA that um, obviously the first baseball coach at Indian Trail was Schmidt, and now it's obviously one of your former players and Marty Pitts. How cool is it to kind of have maybe, obviously, a guy that you coached alongside for, for several years, and then obviously um, one of your players to kind of um, be – those were the two that have led that program. Well, Mike, Mike added on um, as our freshman coach and Mike actually uh, moved over to Indian trail as a teacher and still coached here and, and eventually worked into the Indian trail program, became head coach. So I haven't talked to Mike in a while, but, but he did a great job getting that program off the ground and it, it was always fun to, uh, to play them. And, and then he wanted to step aside and then Marty uh, jumped into it and, and that was uh, that was tough for me, uh, just because uh, Marty is a, a former player of ours, and you you want your former players to do well, but at the same time you want your team to beat their team. Um, so we had a lot of good games with with uh, Indian Trail coached by Marty over the the years, and um, it was it was great to to see him and and see him enjoying it. Uh, so I was I was really proud of him as well. How cool is it that he got the opportunity to be, I think, what was it, hitting coach with the Kingfish this summer? Yeah, it was great. It was great. He he told me that back in the high school season. I thought it was a great opportunity for him to kind of expand what, what he's doing baseball-wise and, and work at a different level and, and see what he thought of that. And I, I didn't talk to him since then, but um, I just talked to some people that we know mutually, and he said he was really enjoying it. Okay. Um, favorite game that you've coached with baseball at Tremper? So many favorite games. Um, the, the games are, are so exciting and, and it, it's great to see the kids compete. So I don't know if I can pick a favorite game, favorite game. I can tell you that the most memorable game is probably back in about, um, 2007, maybe I think it was, uh, 2007. We were playing our home games out at Nash park. And it was a um, game where the, the infield grass was pretty thick and the wind was blowing in and we couldn't score and Horlick couldn't score. And um, we played 20 innings that night. Um, and I believe it was the longest game in Wisconsin history. And it was really cool to be part of that. And Was and that assume- when uh, Eric Elger was still playing? Uh, Eric Elger uh, was playing. Um okay. That was uh, that was really really a cool um, that was really a cool game. We as soon as the game ended, um, it started raining. I mean, within 15, 20 seconds, it was so weird. And it's a good thing that it rained for about three days because we had games scheduled and they got rained out because we had no pitching left because we used every pitcher in that game in order to get through twenty innings. Um, and actually, it was scoreless for 19 innings. And then Horlick scored two runs in the top of the 20th to take a two to nothing lead. And then um, just part of the magic of baseball, we scored three runs in the bottom of the 20th to get the walk-off win. Okay. Was that still when, like, was it Andrew Pulaskis was still pitching for you? Andrew, uh, I, I'm not sure, but I know Andrew pitched in the game. I, I okay. think he might have been the starting pitcher that day. Okay. Um. Outside of baseball, what's kind of your favorite, um, like, game from a Tremper perspective in in other sports? You know, hard to say just because I'm so involved with these sports. I'm able to see these these teams compete, and it's it's great to 
watch the kids doing what they love, even though I may not understand the, the sport as, as well. Um, our daughter just got done uh, last fall playing tennis. So I, I saw a lot of tennis over the course of, of time here, but I really can't pick a, another sport. Um, it, it's, just, it's great just to see the kids doing what they love and, and trying to support that. Um, what would be like from any of the years you coached baseball at Tremper, what, what was kind of like the best team, like not the best team, but maybe most, the most memorable team that you've had. Again, so, so many memorable, um, teams and moments over the course of, of time. I, I think one, um, one team I'm proud of all these teams and all these kids and, and every single player in our program, uh, who's played over the years. And I mean this when I say it, but but all of them uh, have their fingerprints on our program because they've really paved the way for future players as they come through and they've been part of that tradition. I mean, they created that tradition. Um, so we, we love all these kids and, and what they've done for the program. I think maybe for me, the maybe the most, um, I don't know if, if, if memorable is, a, is an appropriate term, but maybe um, the most significant team, maybe for the kids, was that 2021 team. Um, and the reason I say that is because none of those kids had a season in 2020 because the season was canceled due to COVID. So I know throughout that whole 2020 spring, it was weird uh, communicating with these kids, but there's no baseball. The grass is getting green, the, warmer, the weather's warming up and we've got nothing to do. Um, we're pretty much just staying home. And then to talk with those kids throughout the summer and then when we get back into school in the fall and then it was a mix of of virtual and, and in person and there were so many obstacles toward having a season in 2021 that when we finally did get out there for 2021 and it was a weird season then too because they they pushed the season back by about a month to see those kids get back out there and put that uniform on and and play and compete and excel was really gratifying um, because especially those seniors who missed out in their junior year, uh, to see them finally have that relief of being able to compete, represent their school, and play the game they love during spring of 2021, uh, that meant a lot. Um, in, in my mind, that was really a turning point um, personally for the whole pandemic because we were able to get back to something that we held so dear, the, the game of baseball. Um, When you think about that team, you can't help but think about that group of seniors who lost out on the 2020 season and still feel so badly that they got shortchanged. I mean, that that's a, a, a life lesson and not everything works out how you want it to work out. Um, and those kids are, are without a doubt, all doing well, um, but they didn't really get that opportunity in 2020. And that's just kind of how it went. Um, but to see those other kids come back 2021 and get back to what they loved, that was that was big. Um, where do you put the Tremper Bradford rivalry as one of the best in the state? And then where kind of would you rank um the Southeast Conference in terms of um best conferences in the state? I think the Tremper Bradford rivalry is dating back into the sixties. So it's a really old rivalry. Um so that's that's pretty cool. Um and I I don't want to say that it's better than other rivalries because I know there are other uh, rivalries, um, some of which where there's multiple high schools in the town, for instance, Appleton and Janesville and 
um, Eau Claire, uh, three that come to mind. Green mm. Green Bay is Kimberly. Is Kimberly Kakana is another right. example because they're right. What twenty minutes? They're not not probably not even twenty minutes. Right. So I think that this this across the state, um, there are there's it, it's rife with um, so many good rivalries. So I think that's really cool. The Trumper Bradford rivalry has been uh, has been a, a really fun one um, over the years. Do you guys still do the thing with uh, does? Bradford stole still to steal the hoodie and then Tremper tries to go get it back. Well, I know the hoodie still exists. I, I okay. don't know that they try to do this. I, I don't know that they that the kids try to uh steal it as much. I think they pretty much just understand that the hoodie is Tremper's. Um but that's that's kind of a fun thing that they have at the the games. Um we don't see that as much in, in baseball. It's pretty much uh something you see a lot at the basketball games. Um as far as the Southeast Conference in in baseball. Um, our conference is is strong. Um, it, it's fun to be a part of it. Uh, there's a lot of great coaches in the conference. Um, every coach in the conference really cares a lot about their their program and their kids, and really wants to do the best job they can for them. Our conference was made um, even stronger when uh, summer baseball ended, and we got Franklin and Oak Creek back into our conference. And in baseball, what we've been doing for the last few years is we've been playing a three-game series against each team in the conference, and we do those all in one week. And that's kind of cool because you don't always have the same pitchers going against each other. And um, it kind of – that kind of – that seems cool because you kind of – kind of gives you that, like, Major League Baseball type of feel to it. Right. Right. That's really cool. And it's – uh you kind of have to be more strategic, especially with your pitching, when you're – lining up what you're going to have for that upcoming series. So it's, it's been a, a, a very good addition to our conference. We only get to play 26 games during the regular season in the spring. And with eight teams in the Southeast conference, we each have 21 conference games. So that's been really cool. Okay. Um, I guess kind of what's kind of the outlook on some of Trumper's sports this year. Obviously we're, Getting into the third week of the high school football season, I forget who Tremper has this week, but I know Kimberly plays, who do we have this week? Oshkosh West, and then Kakana's got Oshkosh North. So, like, what's kind of been the outlook, um, early outlook on kind of the the sports at Tremper um, early? Well, uh, football-wise, um, we're 0-2. Uh, we played a really tough Madison Memorial team that first week on the road. And then just this past week, we lost a really tight game at home against Union Grove. Um, we got a pretty, I think, pretty young football team overall. Um, new head coach in place is uh, Ryan Anderson. Ryan uh, has had a couple of coaching stops as an assistant, um, both at the high school and college level. But he's doing a great job. Um, he's He's got an infrastructure in place, and we're excited about that. Um, the season is young for all these uh, fall sports. Uh, we just hosted a cross-country meet this this Saturday at Lincoln Park. Um, it went great. Um, just this morning, we hosted a girls' golf invite um, out at Bristol Oaks. I was out there for a bit. Um, yeah, and Kimberly, Kimberly and Kakana were up for – well, they were at ITA, but I know I think – Kimberly beat Tremper in boys volleyball. Boys volleyball, week. right? Yep, yep. Our our boys volleyball team is on the road tonight over at Horlick. Um, girls volleyball and uh, boys soccer each won a, a road game last night um, at at Horlick. Um, swimming team is uh, had one meet. They're in the 
they have a pretty long preseason, but they're they're into the the season right now. Uh, the girls' tennis team has really great numbers, and uh, they're getting into their their meet play um, now. So it, it's it's really been a a fun um, fall. It's such a a busy fall with everything going on and starting up eight fall sports. But it's such a great time as you see things start happening in these gyms and out in these fields again. And then it all kind of leads up to the first day of school. And the funny thing about the fall season, well, really all three of the, the seasons, is that it starts and there's so much excitement. And then it's, it feels like it's done in just a, a flash because these seasons go by so fast. Um, I guess, like, obviously it's really early to kind of talk to your baseball team. But, like, what do you have coming back um, for next year? And then um, do you guys play Kimberly this year? Uh, well, first off, it um, got canceled last year. Yeah, we are we are planning to uh, schedule Kimberly um, for a scrimmage. We've been doing that for a few years. It did get canceled last year, so we're hoping to get that scrimmage um, on a on a Saturday early in the season. Uh, Coach McGinnis and I have been uh, been in touch about that. That's always such a great way to start the season to just get a, a long scrimmage in, and get a lot of looks against live pitching and and pitch against live hitters. Um, so baseball wise, yeah, we we had a number of seniors last year, but we have some really quality underclassmen uh, coming back. Uh, so we're going to have to build some some depth on the mound and replace some key guys at some key positions. <laughs> but that's part of the fun of it, um, seeing kids uh, develop and uh, establish roles and really excel in those roles and work together to compete, and and that's. Uh, really what we're all about. So we're just in the beginning stages of, of that right now as we get going with the school year, but we're excited about it. All right. Um, so anyways, Coach, thanks for joining me. And I, I keep on saying this to Ryan and I keep on saying this to Chad Mikowitz. I'd love a, a Kimberly versus Tremper or Kakana versus Tremper or any of the schools in Kenosha to come up here and play play uh maybe in football against against one of them so that's that's kind of one of my last things so well i i appreciate that and and you know that we're looking at non-conference games and kind of working on our schedule for the next couple of years um but no i appreciate that input okay yeah all right um thanks coach um good luck on on the fall offseason with baseball coming up and good luck to tremper um as as the year goes on Sounds good, Dan. Hey, yep. best of luck with the show, and thank you for your time. Yep. Go Trojans and go Warhawks. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Podcasts on D-Shot. Feel free to give any of the other episodes a listen, as a lot of them have some great, exciting content, as well as some great interviews. Don't forget to give my Facebook page a like, Daniel Shotler Journalist, as well as give me a follow on Twitter or Instagram at DShot1992. Don't forget to subscribe if you're on Google Podcasts or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you can find this. And hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening and have a good day.